whatever we have inside of our heart because of what we're storing and filling ourselves up with is what the overflow is going to be. Does that make sense? That what we are like consuming daily, what lies are we believing? What, what, what voices are we listening to that's causing us to be filled with certain things? I want to, I feel that the Lord is saying that there's, there, the best, I guess the best thing that I'm trying to say is that the, I feel like the Lord is saying that there are people here that are, are believing the lie that you don't have to be 100% in to be a follower of Jesus. That you don't have to be all in with the Lord. I just want to say that is not true. Like that is completely false. Because it's all or nothing. And what I mean all or nothing, I mean all or nothing. It's not just, oh, I'll give my heart to God when I come to wake or when I see my Christian friends. But then when I do this, when I go home, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to. And I, yeah, I guess you could say I'm still a Christian. But that's not a lifestyle of, of living for, for Christ. Because in the Bible, it says we need to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. Those who want to be true disciples of Jesus, those who want to follow Jesus. And I know this word could feel a little heavy, but we're in a heavy situation in this generation. It's time for us to truly wake up that if we are just living life flippantly, nonchalantly, not realizing there is an enemy like crouching around the, the corner and, and just after us and after your friends and after this generation that, yeah, you, you best believe that this is feeling a little heavy because without Jesus, it's totally heavy. It's the heaviest thing. But I want to tell you that I felt in my heart that God is saying you need to tell them that the only way to truly live in this generation right now is through the overflow. It's living through the overflow and, and what's in our heart is what's going to overflow. That's what we live off of. That is what, that's our source, you know. That's, that's how we, we continue to do what God is calling us to do. But you may be asking, Arjun, like, how do we even store things? What does it mean to be in the overflow? How do I get to the overflow? I don't know if you ever felt this because I totally felt this way when I was in college, when I was in high school, when I was a young adult, even up to this point, I felt in this place where like, I, I, like, I have no motivation to do it. Sometimes I feel tired and weak and, and overwhelmed or burnt out or whatever you wanna call it, I felt that I can't do this, like this is difficult, this is hard, like how am I supposed to live for Jesus? And then God spoke to me through Psalms 27, which is one of my favorite like chapters in, in the book of Psalm because it wraps up a lot of what, God, what, what I'm talking about here. How do we store what's good so the, of the overflow of Jesus? 
How do I get to that point of really living off of the overflow? Psalm 27, just, just look on the screen with me. But the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. And verse 4 is the main one right here. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing, praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. In verse 8, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. To live in the overflow requires us to do one thing. And this is where you have to be honest with yourself if you've done this. If you feel tired, if you feel confused, if you're dealing with things that you just feel like I'm just being emptied out, I don't feel like, I don't feel the Lord, I don't feel like following Jesus, whatever it is, the key to it, to live in the overflow, it requires us to dwell. To dwell. And that's a word that not a lot of people use, but to dwell in him. You know? Another way to kind of perceive the word dwell is to soak. The, I always thought when the Lord says dwell, I take a picture of a sponge, you know? So think of a sponge. A sponge, when it's dry, obviously is all crusty and old and cannot move much. But what happens when you fill it, when you put it underwater? It gets softer, but not only that, it contains that water, right? And it's odd because it has so many holes, you know? But this is an honest comment, but it's kind of hilarious, but we have to live a holy life, you know, to contain what God has for us. We have to live a life of holiness for Jesus. But what happens is we have to, so that's what I think of with dwelling. When we dwell in the presence of God, it's not just being in the presence of God, it's soaking it all in. It's letting it come and penetrate every part of our heart and our mind and our life. Oh, that the Lord is calling you near to him today. God is, God is calling you near and drawing you in closer to him for the purpose of changing your life. For the purpose of filling you in, filling you up with the presence of God so we could dwell in him. He is saying, come 
and talk with me. Just like what we read in verse 8. He is saying that my heart has heard. My heart has heard God say, come and talk to me. And I respond in what way? Yes, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming. God is calling you. God is calling you to be not just filled, but to live in the overflow. To be so filled that you don't stop getting filled and all that comes out of you is the presence of God. But the only way we could do that is if we dwell in the presence of God, if we dwell in his sanctuary, if we dwell in him. Again, it is not enough to just be fueled by the small encounters that we have with the Lord. Small, big, medium, whatever it is. It is not enough to live by the encounters with God. Here's a question. If you are new to Encounter Church, you may not know this, but who has ever been to an encounter retreat? To an... Nice. Shameless plug. Go to one. As soon as one opens up, it will change your life. But let me tell you, who in here, who has been to the encounter retreat has ever felt so on fire for Jesus right after the encounter retreat, right? We got touched. But here's an honest question now because I'm going to raise my hand right away on this, but like who has ever felt like it started to dwindle away and you start going back in your old life and you're like, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on, you know? The encounter with God is so real. But one encounter with God, that life that we live based off of that moment, if we live and be fueled by that encounter with God, with one encounter, maybe you could think of an encounter that you have with God, not just with the encounter retreat. But if you think of that, that is not enough. What that does is it it aligns you and pushes you forward into the trajectory of living in the overflow. But what we lack sometimes, because I've been there multiple times, and I've been to almost every retreat, okay? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on fire for the Lord. And then I slowly start to decrease, and I realize what I was missing was dwelling in the presence of God. And then I had a revelation when I was in college, realizing that if I don't continue my encounters with the Lord by dwelling in his presence, what the heck am I doing? I'm just going to be striving. I'm just going to be striving to be a Christian, not living as a Christian. And the only way we stop striving to feel like we're doing the right thing, to feel like we're living for God the right way, is to live in the overflow. But the only way we could live in that overflow for that water to bubble over the brim of our life is to dwell. To dwell. To dwell. Can you say dwell? Say it one more time. Dwell. Just imagine what that word means. Dwell. It's a lifestyle that we have to have. The overflow is a lifestyle. And Psalm 27 is that lifestyle. I'm going to read that scripture, the verse 4 again, which is the main one. The one thing I ask of the Lord. If, there's, if you're asking many things of the Lord, this better be the top of it. This better be the first thing that you ever ask the Lord because I realize that nothing else could come. If you're here and you're like, Lord Jesus, give me a wife. Lord Jesus, give me a husband. Lord Jesus, give me a promotion, a money, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But this is not in your list of asking top priority number one. Then chaos. 
it's gonna, you're going to be striving. You're not going to be living. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in his temple. That is a lifestyle that we need to live. And it reminds me of a scripture, the scripture that changed my life, it, it, that, that changed my perspective of what it meant to really pursue God. Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God above everything else. Live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Seek first. That's the scripture that it reminds me when he says, the thing I seek most. And I realize to seek the Lord means this. It means to dwell in his presence. It means to be soaked in the presence of God. And maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't do that. Maybe you're even here taking it a step lower and be like, I don't want to do that. But I want to want to. And so I want to tell you today that today your day, that could change. And today could be the day where you start living in the overflow. But there are four things that we need to know in order to live in this overflow. Now I'm just going to briefly go through these four points. But I want you to realize the overflow doesn't just happen. It takes these four things that we need to have happen in our life. Number one is seek. Because it did say in the scripture, the thing I seek most. Seeking means to pursue. Seeking doesn't just mean to look. It means to pursue. And to pursue something is action. It means you got to fight for it. You go for it. Seeking needs us to be intentional. We don't accidentally stumble across the Lord. We're walking across the street and we say, oh, hey, what's up, Jesus? You know, it's not like that. Jesus needs to be pursued because Jesus pursues your heart. But when he has gotten your heart, it's time for us to turn the tables and be like, I'm going to pursue the Lord. That is one step, one thing you need to do. Seeking requires intentionality. But here's the thing. It, it requires you putting some time into it. Ooh, man. Oh, I don't got no time. I'm so busy. I am busy doing all these things. Busy is like a curse word, you know? In the, in, in, in the kingdom of God. I want you to start thinking of busyness as a curse word. Why? Because busyness steals our attention from God. I'm too busy to read the word. I try, but I'm just so busy. Well, maybe you should wake up more. Like wake up on time more, you know? And wake up more. Don't just sleep 24 hours, okay? Oh, but I tried to wake up. Well, then maybe you should go to bed more. So, you know. <laughs> on time, earlier. Oh, well I try, well stop watching YouTube videos. Stop playing your video games. Make time for the Lord, it takes intentionality. If you wanna see your life changed, you gotta put some effort into it. Look, a four year degree can't happen unless you actually go to class. Nowadays, sometimes it's hard to be four years. You could do five or six years, whatever, as long as you accomplish it. But here's the thing, it requires some hard work right? It requires a pursuit. People aren't just going to give you a grade. 
You got to go for it. And the same way with Jesus, when you seek him, you got to pursue. You got to pursue Jesus. And I'm going to encourage you today, it's, it takes a lot of effort and energy, but he gives you that effort and that energy. He gives you those desires if you ask for it. It's possible. It truly is possible. So if your excuse is being busy, omit that word and start seeking God. Number two is delight. Because it says here, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections. To delight means to be satisfied. To be satisfied in who God is. To know that he's enough. To take pleasure in, in, in the, re- the relationship of God. To take pleasure in who God is. That's what it means to, de- to delight. To find joy in the word of God, in the truth of God. To delight means we need to, it requires us to know the character of God. Sometimes we don't delight in God because we don't know him as our father. And we need to realize we need to know him as our father. Are you unsatisfied with things in your life? It's time to dwell in the presence of God. So that's seek and delight. Number three is meditate. Meditate. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Meditating is focusing on his truth constantly. What occupies your mind daily, hourly, by the minute, by the second? What occupies your mind? When we refocus on the truth constantly, that's meditating on the word. And here's the thing. To meditate, we need to incorporate prayer. We need to pray. We need to be people who pray to God. Lord, change me. Lord, you're glorious. You are worthy. You are amazing. God, I worship you. How's your prayer life? How's your, your, your quiet time with the Lord, your devotion with the Lord? How often do you focus on God? Or are you always thinking about money, about relationships, about, about sin, darkness, whatever? Where does the Lord fit in? It's time to put him first in our minds to meditate. We need to soak it in. And again, be like that sponge to take it all and sustain it. And that's meditate. You know, in this world, people who meditate, they chant, right? They chant. Why? So they could get everything out of their minds and they could get the world out of their mind. But what they don't know is that that really doesn't do anything to them. It doesn't change their life. But we have someone that changes our life. And our chant is prayer. Our chanting that the world chants is prayer to the Lord. It's talking to God. It's praying in the spirit. And that's what aligns us. So we have to meditate. So seek, delight, meditate. And the last one, in order to live in the overflow, we have to respond. And in verse 8, it says, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. 
And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. God is saying, come, talk with me. Come, be my friend. Come and spend time with me. It's like you're sitting next to someone and just having a, a, a conversation with them. But you have to be close to that person. You have to sit next to that person to have a face-to-face conversation. Forget social media. That stuff ain't real. What's real is face-to-face. And if you live your life based off of social media Christianity, then that's not going to sustain anything. You ain't close to God unless you are face-to-face with God, unless you are with the presence of God. That's what we need. That's what will change our life. That's what's going to change a generation. Responding means obeying and living for him. God is calling you. And I just feel today as we pray and transition to just have a moment to overflow. Look, I've been too used to worrying about what's next in life, you know? Even in the moments like this where we're like, man, what time is it? Are we going to get out on time? Or am I going to be able to eat dinner? Should I, am I going to be able to sleep or hang out with my friends after this? I want you to know something. If our mind is that forward of what's to come, we miss what God is doing right now. And I have been convicted on that recently, that I'm always thinking ahead and being like, what am I supposed to do? I am going too fast that I'm realizing that I'm thinking too Even if it's like, what's next, like the next step, I am missing what God is doing right now. And if we continue to live that way, we miss the overflow. And what I mean by that is that we need to to slow ourselves down to be aware of the presence of God now. We need to know that those things that happen are those who wait on the Lord. You know, that's why God says, wait upon the Lord. We need to be people who practice waiting. We're so quick in this generation to be like, what's next? I got to go. What's next? I need to get this. You know, my Amazon package is not coming as fast as it can, and I just ordered it today. You know, we're such a generation that everything has to be so quick that we miss waiting on the Lord. And that's why we wonder as Christians, as people who are pursuing the Lord, that why don't I see God moving the way I want him to move now? It's because we're not willing to wait. And in order to practice and have the habit of waiting is you need to slow it down and live in the moment with Jesus. And today is one of those moments where it starts now for the overflow to come and your life can be changed forever. Overflow brings true life. Overflow brings conviction and correction. Overflow will change a generation. Look, we're not living just for ourselves. We're not even living just for Jesus. We're living to change a generation. You have more purpose than you think. It's time to wake up and realize that there is a higher calling than just getting a degree, a higher calling than just getting our next job, the higher calling than just getting married. There is a higher calling than any of that stuff, and that calling is Jesus, and that calling is to go and make disciples. That calling is to change a generation. 
who is going straight to hell. Some of us here, I hate to say it, may be on that path, but it's time to change that path. It's time to make things right. It's time to say yes to the Lord. It's time to live in the overflow. And those of us, just real quick, those who are feeling that have been serving the Lord and doing all these things for God, doing things for the Lord, but you're starting to feel burnt out, you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you're starting to feel like, I can't do this anymore, this is so hard. It's because I want you to tell you I've been there and that's my type of personality that I will do things and I will get things done, but God is putting a halt not for me to stop doing things for the Lord, but he's yielding my heart. But he's showing me that it's because I'm striving. We are striving to do things, but I'm not living in the overflow. I am draining myself because I am not in the overflow. And what I give out and give out to serve and to commit and to do all these outreaches and to do all these things, and I'm getting tired and I'm questioning everything. Why do I do what I do for the Lord? It's because I'm not living in the overflow. And I'm telling you today, if you are feeling that way, if you are a leader, if you are someone that is serving God in that capacity and you are feeling drained, it's because it's time to live in the overflow. It's time to dwell. It's time to dwell. Where are the people who will habitually dwell in the presence of God? That is who God is calling. I want people who will dwell in my temple. Because, oh God, I'm serving you and I'm doing all these things in your name. I've set captives, you know, I've uh, seen people delivered, seen people healed, do all these things. But God says, I don't even know you. So doing things is not enough. It's living in that overflow with the, in the presence of God is what will change your life. So if you are feeling weighed down and overwhelmed and burdened and whatever and, uh, and with no passion, been there multiple times, sometimes I feel like I'm there, even to this day. But that's a reminder for me to be like, I need to live in the overflow. I need to be someone who, who disciplines myself to dwell in the presence. That is what will change your campus. That is what's gonna change your family. That is what's gonna change the trajectory of this generation are people who are willing to live in the overflow, to live dwelled in the presence of God. And what we're going to do, we're about to pray, but I want to just tell you this one story that I, I heard this story and it changed my life and I heard it in a different perspective, but it's the story of Moses and Joshua. Anyone know about the story of Moses? You know, he split the, the Red Sea. He, he basically said, let my, my people go. He, he delivered that generation. But there is someone called Joshua who was basically his assistant, okay? And there's a time where Moses would go up to the mountain and spend some time with the Lord, with Joshua, and they're like, what is taking Moses so long? You know, they were impatient. They weren't willing to wait. So what did they do? You know what? Let's just build our own God. They built a golden calf. You guys know that story? If you haven't, read Exodus. It's great. Great stuff. But they built 
this golden calf, and they said, that's my God. And I feel like that represents the God of striving, the God of living outside of the overflow, the God of putting things in our own ability and we don't even realize it. That's the golden calf, okay? So what God told them to do is to take, to set, he, he, he basically purged that community, right? He's like, those who are unholy, you know, I got to get rid of it. And he did. But then what he said is, I need you to set camp, I, I set a tent outside of camp now. Meaning, I need you to consecrate yourself. So this tent was now set outside of the Israelite camp, okay? Are you guys getting this picture? That he said, it's time to build something else outside of this community. But here's the thing. He said, anyone who wants to consult with the Lord, who wants to be with the Lord, is invited to go into the tent. But the only people who go to the tent is Moses and Joshua. But every time Moses and Joshua would go leave the camp, go to the tent, the place of the temple of God, let's just say that's, that's the image right there, everyone would just be watching them. But they would never enter, you know? And then Moses would leave the temple, right? And this is the main point. Moses, the guy in charge, would leave the temple, leave the presence of God, but it specifically said, but Joshua stayed behind. Joshua stayed behind. If you know the story uh, of this, who brought the people into the promised land? It was Joshua. Joshua, the one who waited in the place of God, the one who, the word that I heard was linger in the presence of God, is who changed the generation. And I just feel today that God is saying it's time to be people who are like Joshua, who live in the overflow, who are willing to slow it down and wait, you know, wait on the Lord and be like, what do I need to do to live for you, God? How am I called to live for you, Jesus? And, and that's called, I'm talking to every, uh, students, young professionals, leaders, not leaders, whatever it is. We need to be people who live in the overflow. And so what I want us to do is to dwell in this moment. So just right where you're at, look, I know it's getting late. I know this is a little different, but I feel it necessary that we as a ministry, we as Wake, but even more importantly, we as disciples of Jesus, those who are Christian in this generation needs to make those moments to dwell with the Lord. And dwelling in the overflow is what's going to revive you. So what we're going to do, we're going to bring the lights down low, but we're just going to sit here and soak a little bit, but I'm just going to, we're just going to pray, but I want us to really just kind of get in this moment with the Lord. So if you need to spread out here, I would still advise just, you could totally stay at the, the altar because Becca and I will want to pray for you. We want to lay hands on people 
tonight, okay? So just close your eyes. If you got anything out of it, it's the overflow, is that we live in the dwelling in his presence. He is looking for those who are willing to yield their hearts and to wait for the presence of God. just eliminate every distraction every lie of the enemy maybe you're here today and you didn't you've never even allowed Jesus into your heart the first thing I want to do is to give those who need to make Jesus their Lord and Savior who need to invite Jesus into the heart who need to turn from their sins, I'm, I want to make that call in that moment to, to really respond to what God is doing. Jesus is here, and when the light of Jesus is here, when God shows up, everything changes. Darkness is exposed. The devil has no place here. And I... We need to understand what God what Jesus did for us. We've all sinned. We've all missed the, the, the mark. The glorious standard of God. We've all missed it because of sin. We are all sinners, but God was so gracious and loving that he sent us Jesus to take every burden, every sin, every darkness, every lie, upon himself and nail it to the cross. Every sickness, every bondage, every everything that we deal with, he, he takes it upon himself, nails it to the cross, nails himself to the cross, Jesus. That you have a purpose in him, but it starts with... Re- accepting him into your heart you have life the free gift of life but it starts with accepting him and being allowing his blood to wash us clean repenting from our sins and we again we've all sinned but it's time for us to turn away from this world and to allow Jesus to be our Lord and Savior to wash us clean to set us free to heal our hearts to live for him and through the, and when we do that that opens the door for us to live in overflow but we need Jesus first we need to make him our Lord and Savior first if that's you and you realize you have not let Jesus be your Lord and Savior just raise your hand real quick and just say that's me I need to make him my Lord and Savior if that's anybody we're gonna pray for that real quick to say I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior I have not been living for him Thank you, Jesus. Well, it looks like 
we have all made him our Lord and Savior, which is all the more reason for us to respond to the overflow tonight. To the overflow tonight. What I'm going to do, I'm, I'm just going to ask Jordan to come up to play a few things on the piano. But everybody else, just stay where you're at. I'm not going to call the rest of the worship team. But once, once Jordan gets settled, the sound booth and the media booth, you guys could feel free. You, once she starts, you guys could come down here as well because I want us to take a moment. Becca and I really want to just pray for you. We're going to just pray for the overflow. Maybe you're here and you, you haven't been living in the overflow. You've, you've been feeling like, I'm not 100% going for it. I'm striving. I'm, I'm feeling burdened. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm tired. Whatever it is. But just focus right now onto the presence of God. Focus onto Him. Just focus onto the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we'll have just a moment with Him.